today is about all about waiting. Acts chapter one, all about waiting. Um, I I discovered something this week that I already knew about myself um, is that I'm I'm pretty hopeless when it comes to patience. Um, I don't know if if you are the same. If you are quite impatient in the way that you live your life. Um, but I went, st- I, I did a little Google um, on the Google machine to find out if there was like a test to find out if, how impatient you possibly are. Thankfully, Cosmopolitan magazine came to my rescue. <laughs> and uh, so let me read out a couple of things and we'll be able to d- discover together whether you, like me, are a little bit impatient at times. So here are some of the signs of impatience. See if you relate to any of these. Firstly, you never let the microphone micro- wave, finish counting down. (laughs) Relating to any of them, that one? If your internet connection is slower than usual, you have heart palpitations, and if the buffering icon starts to happen on YouTube, you actually scream. Anybody done that? You arrive everywhere early and are kind of annoyed with people who arrive merely on time. You know know with bone-chilling certainty that the close-the-door button on elevators are complete rubbish. Yet we press them anyway. Um, The person in front of you at a traffic light has less than half a second to move on when the light turns green. Otherwise, you have permission to lie on your horn. You actually give thanks to Netflix because um, you don't have to wait for a week before the next episode. You can just watch them and watch them and watch them. You eat all your advent calendar chocolates in one go. Has anyone done that before? Eaten it at all? No? You're more disciplined than that? Um, you can't be bothered with ironing because it just takes too long. Um, obviously, that's not a problem for me. Um, <laughs> uh, when your significant other forgets their wallet or their purse and you have to turn the car around to go and get it, you seriously contemplate leaving them. <laughs> when you're texting someone and the three little dots appear, or if you're texting them on WhatsApp and the two ticks happen and they don't respond within what you consider to be a reasonable amount of time, you text question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, you, didn't, you didn't, sorry, your child couldn't tie their shoes until the third grade because you kept saying to them, ah, just let me do it. <laughs> um, if you're on hold for more than a minute, you hang up. Um, and you regularly burn your mouth um, on your coffee or the soup because you can't be bothered waiting for it to cool down. And lastly, you definitely considered writing to the government to request a slow lane and a fast lane for pedestrians because you know that just makes sense. <laughs> the more I read and looked at different research and different articles, and more there's like this commentary that says that as a culture, we're becoming more and more impatient. We are a, a culture um, that wants things instantly. We don't want to wait for things. And if we do have to wait, we start to get frustrated. I read this article, um, and it frightened me a little bit. Sometimes, this is what it says, sometimes I yell at my phone when the screen freezes. Just last week, I felt my heartbeat rapidly increasing and my legs shaking when the customer service, service representative from Amazon put me on hold for a few minutes because my package didn't arrive in two days. It turned out that my package got lost somewhere between UPS and my apartment, so I had to wait a whole extra two days to receive my order. Waiting four days for a delivery seems like an eternity in today's society as more consumers become accustomed to instant gratification afforded to them by technology. Instant gratification, it says, is the need to experience fulfillment without any sort of delay or wait. Ultimately, you want it now. 
Waiting can be really hard. And when people don't get what they want, the psychological reaction is anxiety. And so what's happened, this article goes on to say, is that the, the businesses have kind of cottoned on to all of this and are starting to operate in such a way um, to exploit, if you like, our inability to wait as a culture. And so that's why we see the, the same-day delivery services um, come up. Um, we have these services where you don't have to wait for a taxi any longer, um, things like Netflix. Um, and if you think about it, um, we're at the stage in our culture where anything can be delivered and sometimes instantly. Food, flowers, furniture, clean laundry, instant answers on Google, groceries, and even people. The emergence of these apps like Tinder and Grindr and other such things um, means that at our fingertips, we can filter a potential partner by location, sexuality, religion, hobbies, um, and how desperate they might be for a partner. It's got to the stage where even our dating and the way that we meet people is starting to suffer because of our impatience. And so our, as a culture, we've become quite bad at waiting. I remember uh, growing up, there was this shampoo, herbal essences, um, and uh, there was this, do you, does anyone remember what the strap line was for this herbal essence of shampoo? It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Do you remember that? Or maybe that was just in Australia. Yeah, Australians remember it. <laughs> it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. That was kind of the strap line for herbal essences. And for me, I used to listen to that and think, okay, great. So if we do it for a few times and I'm patient, my hair will look brilliant. But that kind of advert wouldn't fly in today's culture. Can you imagine it? Um, so we're in a culture, we're in a cultural moment where um, we say we want it right now, right here, and I don't want to do any waiting or any um, working. And, and actually, it's starting to hurt us. It's really starting to hurt us. Research suggests um, that we are beginning to move into a time where considering long-term ramifications are like beyond us. So considering things like culture change, uh, sorry, climate change, or um, what might happen to our body if we don't make healthy choices now, all those kinds of things, our ability um, to think about those things uh, are becoming increasingly difficult because we're so used to focusing on what's here and what's now. This is not true for everybody, but that seems to be some of the things that are saying that are coming out in research. Um, research also suggests that our impatience breeds more impatience. So the faster something comes to us, um, we think, well, that was fast, but it could be faster. And so there's more impatience that's coming over. Uh, our impatience is breeding more impatience in our own life. And then lastly, we're constantly living with a short fuse. I don't know if you feel this, but like if you have to wait, you, you sometimes like in the traffic or, or in a doctor's surgery, you're like, oh, well, I'm not capable with waiting about this. And you end up snapping in a way that potentially we wouldn't have had we been more patient. And so there's this interest, all this research is kind of coming out. And it's not true for everyone. Some of you are the most patient people I've ever met, and you're amazing. Um, I don't understand you, but you're amazing. And, and for, for, but for lots of us, we feel this. We're like, gosh, I don't know how to wait. I don't know how to be patient. Um, and as I've been preparing this, this sermon and considering what it looks like for us to be um, a church that, that waits, I'm noticing in, inside, in myself that I'm not good at it. And it's something that the Lord has been continually speaking to me about. What does it look like for me to have patience, to be a person that waits on God? 
Because naturally, I'm a kind of go, 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 go. Let's get on with it. And, and if things don't happen immediately, I get bored or I get disappointed. I get frustrated. But when we look at Scripture, we see that waiting is something that the people of God um, have done. Um, well, it's just a theme that kind of happens through the Bible. Um, but it's not reflected in my life. And it hasn't really been reflected, actually, since I was very young. I remember um, Christmas night. Was a, it, was, it was a wonderful case study of my impatience. I don't know if you can cast your minds back to when you um, were a child and you knew that there were going to be presents in the morning and what that did to your sleep. Um, it did nothing good to my sleep. I, I ended up kind of pacing and in my room, and in the end, I just cried uh, because I couldn't get to sleep because I was so excited and I didn't want to wait. Um, and, but I knew if I just got to sleep, the presents would be with me sooner, but I couldn't force myself to go to sleep, and so I cried and cried. And in the end, I gave up and snuck downstairs and checked out what was going on. Um, anyway, I just couldn't, I couldn't wait. And I feel like, actually, it's getting worse in me rather than better. That's my confession. My my patience levels are getting worse. I, we went to Metro Bank, um, Sam Millard and I, to try and open a bank account for the church. And that really highlighted to me where my patience levels are at, such that Sam actually sent a picture around to a bunch of people of what I'd got to with my head on the bank teller's desk. <laughs> like, please, will you just open the account? Um, so that was kind of, I did that harder than I wanted to. Um, so it, it's... In, in myself, I'm noticing my ability to wait and be patient is somewhat diminished. But in, in the Bible, like I said, there's like a, there, there is a theme of waiting that keeps coming up. Um, the people of, of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament are told to wait, or it speaks about waiting over 140 times. And we see in Scripture time and time again that God is at work in our waiting. We sing about that in some of our songs. He is working in our waiting, sanctifying us. And so if we look at just a couple of the biblical characters, um, we will see, like Joseph, for example, um, he was given a dream as a child. He was then betrayed by his brothers. And it took 14 years for that promise to be realized in his life. 14 years of waiting, of God preparing him. Abraham, God made a promise to him that he'd have a child. He waited 25 years for the fulfillment of that promise when he had Isaac. Moses, when he led the people out of Egypt, had to wait 40 years, and he didn't even end up seeing the promised land. Um, King David, if you read through the Psalms, in Psalm 40, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he responded and heard my cry. Um, and we often die, well, for me, I'm like, oh, yeah, God responds and hears my cry, but forget the fact that David wrote, I waited patiently for the Lord. Something I'm not willing to do. I like, I wait for a second and that's my patience and the Lord should respond in that time. And it, often, it doesn't work like that. Psalm 27, at the end of it, the Lord, it says, surely I'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. God's people, the Jewish nation, were awaiting the Messiah for 4,000 years. And in between the old, where the Old Testament kind of stops and where the New Testament starts, where Jesus comes, there's a gap of about 430 years. So there's all this waiting for the, you know, the anticipated Messiah. And uh, that's a lot of waiting. And then they didn't even realize that Jesus was the Messiah. And now we find ourselves in a time of waiting. 
will we wait for the return of Christ where he will make all things new, that image of the kingdom in Revelation 21, where he returns, sin is eradicated, and the world is put back to how it was meant to be. It was renewed and restored to that of Eden. Waiting is in our story. It's what we do um, as Christians as part of our lot. And if you read in Galatians, Paul actually writes um, that one of the kind of evidences or the signs of the fruits of the Holy Spirit at work in you is your ability to be patient, your ability to wait with grace. And then, of course, um, in the passage I read last week and, and this one that I'm about to read in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says to the disciples, this just before he ascends into heaven, wait, wait. So before I, I dive into our passage for today, um, just to give you a little bit of context of what I'm hoping we will do over the coming weeks in this sermon series, and to remind you um, that uh, after this, we've done this talk, it's going to be recorded, it'll be put on the website, and then you'll receive an e- email into your inbox if you're in the data, on the church database. If you're not part of that, then please fill in one of the uh, welcome cards, and you'll receive a Bible study um, that I want you to, by yourself or with some friends or with your family or whatever it might be, um, we're going to study this stuff together and we want to uh, take responsibility together for reading scripture, praying through scripture, applying scripture. So we're going to do that as best we can here and then encourage you to do that at home on the basis of the email that you should receive, um, probably already, possibly, at 12.45 in exactly a little while. (laughs) So the vision, the hope for this series, is that we're going to look at what it looks like for the church to be on fire. We're going to pray that God would set his church on fire like we saw in Acts chapter 2. And it would, the church in Feltham, because we're not just about our church, we're about the church and not just Feltham, but everywhere we want to see the church on fire, full of the Holy Spirit, full of people who give themselves to worshiping God and bearing witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ for the sake of Feltham. I believe that when the church is on fire, the city benefits, our town benefits. The church is on fire, the town that we live in, the local area that we live in benefits. They get to experience the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so I long to see a movement of the gospel in Felton um, that transports, not transports, transforms. It could transport people from darkness to light, I suppose, but transform every aspect of our town. I really long to see what happens at the beginning of Acts happen again and again and again and again, that the church would be set on fire and there'd be a movement of the people of God that sees society transformed and, and a multitude of lives saved. My prayer is that God would do it again. He would do it again. Um, and the thing that I'm feeling really compelled about with all of this um, is that I... This will come as a crazy realization to you and to me. I can't save Felton. Um, I can't revive the church. I can't think of all the right activities or the right words or do the, all of these sorts of things that are going to do those things. It's not, I can't. We can't. You know, we can't use, you know, even though everyone here is incredibly gifted, well-resourced, excellent at just about everything, we don't have the skills to be able to save Felton. We need a sovereign move of God. And we need to join in with what God is doing here. And so that's what we're praying for. And so we must, um, like Jesus told us to, uh, told his disciples, learn to wait on the Holy Spirit. 
be present to his presence and, and be willing to be sent by him um, because God is able to do so much through us as we wait and respond to what he's asking us to do. So our passage today, if you have a Bible, um, is in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, 11. Next week we'll jump into Acts chapter 2 because that's how counting works. Um, so Acts chapter 1. If you have a Bible, it should be up on the screen as well. Beautiful. Here we go. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, broiled fish, which we now know is uh, like roasting it over an, like an open fire uh, or in a grill. Uh, this David Wilson was helping me understand what broiled fish is. Um, if that makes no sense, why I bring that up? Uh, listen to the sermon from last week, which is on the website. Uh, <laughs> on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he gathered around them and asked them, and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, and you know, you can kind of sense their impatience, can't you, in, the, in, that, in that question. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Well, Lord, I ask that you would um, help us now as we engage with your words. We pray, Lord, that you would form us um, that you would make us more like Jesus and that you would remind us that we are loved by you and that we have purpose and life in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. So in this passage, as we just read, Jesus commands his disciples, do not go anywhere but wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, when he, when he fills his people, he will empower um, these people, these disciples, to be his witnesses, to bear witness, which we were speaking about last week, bear witness to the good news of Jesus Christ, that God loves his people enough that he would die in their place to give them life, hope, and freedom. And so that's what the disciples did. And I, I was wondering, how long was it most likely between when Jesus said this to his disciples and when, um, the, when Pentecost happened. And it's about 10 days. 10 days between when Jesus says, wait for the gift and when Pentecost happens. Now, for me, I mean, it doesn't sound like a very long time, 10 days, um, but sometimes I find it difficult to wait or still myself for even a minute 
when I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit um, to be present to his presence, to be aware of what he's doing, let alone 10 days. Can you imagine waiting 10 days? But this is what um, I, I kind of sense the more that we, we kind of move forward as a church, that the Lord is saying to us, wait, wait for my presence. Take time, still yourself. Be present in these moments and be present to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Take the time to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be sent by him. Don't rush ahead. It's why I, the Lord, I feel that the Lord is just keeps saying to me because there are thousands of things that we could be getting involved in here in Felton. Um, we could be running in multiple different directions and doing all sorts of wonderful things. But I, the reason why I'm kind of holding my nerve, if you like, about releasing a thousand different things in 14,000 different directions is because I sense the Lord is saying, wait, wait on me. Let me speak to you. Let me fill you up. Let me send you. That be our starting point not allow our activity to be the starting point and then ask God to get on board with that, but more our starting point is waiting on the Holy Spirit and allowing him to propel us forward, give us dreams and visions. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, do not get drunk on wine. Some of you need to hear that. Which leads to debauchery. Some of you may need to hear that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, don't be drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. This be filled, I'm, you may have heard this before, but it is, it is like a continuous present tense. It is, it, it, Paul is saying, be filled and continue being filled. Make this a priority to be filled by the Holy Spirit. And so that's why we make it a priority in our services and we're going to increasingly make it a priority in our services to wait, to allow ourselves to have some space to be filled again by the Holy Spirit for us to be kind of present to his presence, be available to his sending, um, and be empowered by, well, his power, the Holy Spirit. And this is a practice that I'd like us to, to get into. In the midst of what is quite an impatient culture, I'd love us to be marked with patience. I'd love us to be a community that prioritizes waiting on the Lord and then going, rather than going and then saying to the Lord, is that all right? Have we... Uh, We've done the right thing here. And we, we do it in the correct order. I want us to make space to wait on the Holy Spirit and ask him to fill us up again. And so when we do ministry, at the end of each of our, our sermons or in different times in our, our gatherings and on Wednesday evenings, we're waiting on the Spirit. We're asking to be filled. We're waiting for him to speak to us, to pour out his gifts. And we do this, and I, can I be honest with you, like when, when we get to that moment in our, in our services, and this is like over lots of years, I think the impatience in me has meant that I don't wait as long as I feel I should. I don't give the space and the time that I think we need to kind of be present to the, what the Holy Spirit might be doing. Um, I, I, like it only takes me a moment or two before I think, 
oh gosh, this is starting to get a bit awkward. Uh, and I start to see some of you think, gosh, he's, he's been going for a long time here. Like, and uh, we have this expectation that the Spirit's going to fill us immediately and it's all going to be wonderful. But there is this kind of, you know, God, why haven't you moved? Like, I give, I've given you 30 seconds. Like, surely. Um, <laughs> uh, but it, it kind of, we need to trust in God's timing. We need to be willing to be present. So I, I think we're going to just press in just a bit longer. Um, we're going to wait a bit longer. We're going to, if, if, let's agree that we're going to be really disciplined when we're waiting on the Lord um, because we know that he's speaking. We know that he has something to say to us. We know that he longs to do something through us. And if we're serious about waiting to be filled by the Holy Spirit, then we need to give the time for that to happen, both in our gathered times but also personally. Because I think if we are disciplined enough to do that, I think we'll be really surprised by what we start to notice in our gatherings. I think we'll start to notice that there'll be more prophetic words that will start to bubble up because we'll actually hear them. I think that courage will start to bubble up. We'll start to notice that when he says that he's going to fill us with power to be witnesses, we'll start to see that because we're asking God, would you do it? And it's a moment where we say, God, you are God, not us. You're the one that, that gives us the ideas and the plans and the dreams. We don't conjure them up ourselves. And it's in your strength we want to operate, not in our own strength. And there are lots of reasons for tuning out in the time of waiting, isn't there, in that time in our services. But I want to encourage you. This is my encouragement. This is really all, you know, I, I hope you take away from this, is that let's be disciplined Let's practice patience. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill us and then be willing to wait and see what he does. Let's not rush ahead. And of course, I don't want us, I don't want you to hear, I was challenged by this at the church planting course on Thursday. Um, You know, one of the wonderful pastors came up and said, Andy, I love what you're saying, except it sounds like you're constantly an, in, an, living in anticipation of Pentecost, like it's all this waiting and never doing. And it was a really helpful critique, because that's not, that's not what I'm, I'm suggesting. I'm not saying, you know, we are waiting for Pentecost to occur, because Pentecost has happened. We live in the days of the Holy Spirit, where the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit has been given to the church, and we receive that by faith, and we know the Holy Spirit's at work in us. The problem is, I think, for us, is because we're distracted, because we have a propensity to be impatient, we kind of miss sometimes what the Holy Spirit is doing. And I guess what I'm asking for us as a church is to be willing to stop, willing to be, I want you to be willing to be present. Um, I, I know some of us are like, it's, it can be really difficult to even ha- have a phone. Do you know that I was, like Simon Sarnak was doing, did some research and did this talk about how our phones are actually robbing us of our concentration. Because it might be that you're totally zoned into what I'm saying right now, but you'll get a WhatsApp in a second, or you might not. But let's say you get a notification of some kind, and the moment's gone. And our ability to really focus in and be still and wait on the Lord is often robbed by the culture that we find ourselves in. And I want to encourage you, it might be that for some of you, in order to be present to what God might be saying and doing by the Holy Spirit, it involves turning your phone off, that deciding when you come to church, that's what you need to do so that you are able to focus in on what the Lord might be saying or doing. Um, it's a discipline of being patient and, and being focused in on what the Lord is saying and what he is doing. And I want us to get into kind of a helpful cycle, if you like, of waiting on the Spirit and going. 
So it's not like we're always in anticipation of Pentecost at all, but actually what we want to do is, is always make sure our activity is preceded by waiting on the, on the Holy Spirit's leading and then going from that place. So if I'm honest, when I think about all of these kinds of things and I recognize it's kind of up, up here and we need to think about what that looks like on a practical kind of level, but if I'm honest, um, the, the reason why I find it difficult to be really present to what the Spirit might be saying or doing is because so often I, pre- I prefer my timings, I prefer my plans, my strength, and waiting and trusting in God's timing, plans, and strengths is, is hard. Um, but I wonder if this might be an encouragement to us. And waiting takes different forms, doesn't it, when we're waiting on God? It, it could be we're waiting in a particular moment to be filled and sent. It could be that we're in a season of waiting at the moment. It might be that you feel like the Lord's given you a dream or a picture of what's going, what, what, what's going to happen, what he's going to do through you, and you're in a waiting season at this time. And so I guess there's, there's, there's three things I think that God does in our waiting. Um, that I'd love us to consider as we take time to just wait on the Lord in the midst of whether it's a season or whether it's a moment. Believe that when we wait, we can know that God is at work, that God is um, preparing us. I think don't, we don't want to underestimate what God is doing in us and in you as you wait. It's not wasted time. In the waiting season or in these moments, he's preparing you. He's refining you. It might be that he's growing in you patience or holiness or whatever it might be. Um, And so the time that you spend praying, reading scripture, waiting on God to fill you or, or, or for him to fulfill a promise is not time wasted, but time that God uses to form and shape you and create you into who he longs to be. Don't Don't lament the time of waiting, but recognize the activity of God in the midst of the waiting. Um, Secondly, I think that um, when we're in this season of waiting, God reorientates our perspective. Um, Sometimes we get kind of lost in my plan for my life and what I want to do next and all this kind of stuff. Um, You know, this is what I want to do. And there's something about waiting that kind of grounds you in what God is doing, we, we are suddenly reminded by the Holy Spirit that we're caught up in God's mission for this world, not mine, um, that we're joining in and what he is doing, um, his, his, his good purpose to bring salvation to the world and renew society. He's doing that, so we're joining in on what he's doing. Um, when, we, when we wait, he, he reminds us that um, it, is, it is Jesus who we're offering, not our, not our programs and our activities or our, uh, our whatever it might be. Uh, we, we sometimes get caught up into sharing. This is what Mark Say is, um, a guy who does this cultural moment. He talks about how our, our culture longs for things of the kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God, but they don't want the king. Uh, and we are tempted as a church to, to, to bring the kingdom, compassion, care, ethics, morality, whatever it might be, um, but neglect sharing the king. But actually our primary function as a church is to bear witness to the king and the kingdom follows the king. And so what, what we do when we're waiting is it reminds us um, that we are offering Jesus, not Alpha. <laughs> we're offering Jesus, not a homeless shelter, or whatever it might be that we might put in place in the, in the coming months and years. Jesus is who we have to offer. 
And then he reminds us in that moment of waiting that it's the Holy Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit who gives us the power. It's not our own strength. And sometimes we can fool ourselves into thinking that, you know, if I work harder, if I pray more, if I read the scripture more, if I do this, if I do that, I hold myself in the right way, if I give more, then maybe that will get it done. But actually when we wait, we come to the the realization that we're actually pretty powerless without God and we need his power at work in us. And so there's that orientation that happens. So firstly, in the waiting, God prepares us and he sanctifies us and forms us. It's not wasted time. Secondly, he, he orientates us um, around uh, what he is doing um, in, in, in his mission, in Jesus and the Holy Spirit's power. And then uh, just to reiterate the Spirit's power, he, he, there's a moment where we, uh, when we're waiting, when we are aware of his presence. Um, and, uh, and, and so if we rush on too quickly, it might be that God wants to meet with you in a particular way about a particular situation that if we don't, if we rush on, we'll miss. Um, and so being disciplined in the waiting is so important, I think. And if we rush, then we, we miss the preparation time. If we rush, we kind of lose sight of what the church is meant to be, what a Christian is meant to be. Um, and if we rush, we start to do all these things in our own strength. And I think it's really important for us to remember all these things at the beginning of um, our journey as a church, as Christ Church. Um, I really believe that God has called us here to Felton for Felton. You're here, part of this, um, because you believe that God hasn't finished with this town, that he has work to do, and he longs to use his church to bring about transformation. Um, and, and we can't do it. You know, to go back to that point, it, we, we can't fix Felton. In fact, that's quite an arrogant position for us to hold as a church, to think that we can fix people. It's not why we're here. We're here. To, God is at work, and we're joining in with what he's doing here. So we need him. And so we need to be a church that welcomes God's forming that he's doing, and that's what we do when we're waiting. We, we need to welcome his plans and his purpose, and we need to be full of his presence and his power, and we can't manufacture it, and I, I don't want us to manuf- try and manufacture it. We need God to move. And so for some of us, as we move into this next season, we're going to take some time in each of our services to wait, and probably wait a tiny bit longer than comfortable, um, just to enable us to focus in on what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is doing. Um, as I am naturally impatient and maybe some of you are naturally impatient as well um, our willingness to wait and uh, it might be quite low and our ability to be distracted might be quite high and um, so I'd love you um, to guess make a decision uh, agree um, that we're going to use that time well knowing that God is at work in our waiting um, he's speaking to us he's molding us he's preparing us and he's sending us and I'm hoping and praying that, that as we do that, as we prioritize being filled with the Spirit, being sent by him, that we will see a gospel movement that will transform our town. I believe the fruit will come. Let me tell you one quick story as I wrap up. Um, there's this guy that is a curate at Holy Trinity Hounslow. Now's a good time to get the children if you want to get them. Uh, children are going to join us for communion. Um, there's this pastor... Um, Pastor Emmanuel Christian at Holy Trinity Hounslow. I don't know if you, you may have met him before or seen him. Remarkable dude. I was at, I was at um, a, a, a network for pastors meeting thing. And uh, there was like this panel of, it was like a panel of like 15 people. So like, this is crazy. So many people saying so many things. And uh, they were lamenting some of the challenges 
how hard it was planting a church, um, how hard it was in church leadership, how the ground was quite firm, and, and, um, and just kind of talking about, you know, we've tried this, we've tried that, we've done this, we've done that, all sorts of stuff. And uh, this pastor, Pastor Emmanuel, he stands up and he, he gave us a bit of a rebuke, um, which I felt we needed um, about um, trusting in the call that God has given us and relying on the power that he will give us um, to do what he's called us to do. And he, he gets up and he says, um, so he used to live in India and he believed he was called to a certain part of India where the gospel um, was, was not present really at all. He went as a missionary and he went around and he wanted to tell people about Jesus and he wanted to plant churches. Um, and when he was there, um, he was really badly beaten up um, and suffered horrific persecution while he was there. And uh, as he's telling this story, all of our church pastors around us are like, oh gosh, I guess the troubles with the website, it's not that big a deal then. And um, <laughs> so he's telling us all, all, of, the, all, all of this kind of stuff and, and he stuck it out um, because he believed that God had called him there and he stayed there for three years um, enduring the persecution, enduring the hardship, knowing God had called him and waiting um, for the Spirit to do something remarkable, and he stuck it out for three years. And at the end of that three years, he then started to see the fruit of the time he spent there, and people started to come to faith, and the culture was transformed. And uh, he wanted to encourage us as, as church planters, church leaders in the UK, um, that uh, if God's called us, um, be patient. He's at, he's at work, even if it's hard, even if the ground's hard, even if the plants don't work, wait. Be patient, wait for the Holy Spirit, and there'll be a moment um, where God will do what he's promised he's going to do. And it was such an encouragement to us because I know that as a church we've been called here. It was like there are too many things for Diz and I that made us think we're not called here. And for many of you, it's a similar kind of story. We've been called here to bring, gospel, bring the gospel to Felton. And it will happen. And it might not happen as quickly as we like. And we may need to be really patient. But as we wait on the Lord, we know that the Spirit will fill us, equip us, and send us. And uh, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so as David said, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. And wait for the Lord. So when we just take a moment before the kids get here, just to allow the Spirit. Let's practice it. Practice waiting.